Welcome to What's Up with Dr. Rupp, where we explore the supernatural. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Rupp. Hi, and welcome back to another episode. So this is a podcast where we talk about the supernatural. And I felt like we had spent a lot of time talking about demons. And I just really felt like today we were supposed to talk about angels. So the supernatural topic that we're going to talk about today is angels. And I will give you a heads up and let you know that this episode will be longer than typical. I didn't intend for it to be this long, but as I was working on it, the Lord just kept showing me more and more things and bringing to remembrance different things. And so this, this got really long. So just to kind of give you a heads up. So let me just start off with, there is a misconception that when people die, they become an angel. You'll hear people talk about that, you know, oh, they're an angel now and they're going to look out for you. That's not biblical. People do not become angels. So God created angels, which are supernatural beings, and he created humans and he created us as separate, different entities. Um, Humans don't become angels. Angels don't become humans. So we're two separate types of entities. So um, the Bible does say that God created angels. So that's where they come from. God created them. That comes from Colossians 1.16. It says, for in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. That's talking about different angel and demonic hierarchies. And all things have been created through him and for him. So God did create angels. He created them first and then humans later. So um, in the order of creation, angels came before the earth and then he created the earth and everything on the earth and then humans. So from Job 38, it says that we know that he created the angels before the earth because it says that Um, They shouted for joy. The angels shouted for joy when they watched the earth be formed. So that's Job um, 38 and it's verses four through seven. And God is speaking to Job here. And he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely, you know, who stretched a measuring line across it or on what were, were its footings set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So they shouted for joy when they watched God create the earth. So angels were created before the earth, then God created earth and um, so on. So once he created earth, he created plants and trees and vegetation, the sun, the moon, the stars, um, sea creatures, birds, land creatures. And then after all of that was created, then he created mankind. So humans were created, Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. God said, let us, so Father, Son, Spirit, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Now, Lucifer was one of the angels that God had created. We now call him Satan or the devil. At, at some point, he rebelled and he was cast out of heaven along with one third of the angels. So now those 
angels that that were cast out of heaven with Satan. They are called different things, including fallen angels, demons, unclean spirits, spirits of infirmity. There's a whole host of things that they're called. We're not going to get into that because we're not focusing on them today. We're talking about angels. So we do know, though, in Revelation 12 verses 1 through 9, we see where um, Satan, uh, Michael and his angels fought against Satan and then Satan and his angels were kicked out of heaven. So that's in Revelations 12, 1 through 9. It talks about how this dragon appears. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. That is uh, meant to represent the, the angels, the fallen angels that went with him. So it talks about in verse 7 how war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So Jesus witnessed this event and he told the disciples in his own words in Luke 10, 18, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And that was an event that the Lord used um, when he was explaining the exorcisms, the the um, the casting out, the deliverance of the demons that the 72 disciples did in a previous verse that they were talking about. So when they had returned with joy and they were all excited because the demons submitted to them and they listened to them. And then Jesus goes on to say, you know, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to deal with these things and to overcome all the power of the enemy. So, okay. So yes, there are demons. <laughs> they wreak havoc on the earth, but that still leaves, if one third of them were kicked out of heaven, that still leaves two thirds of the angels left to do God's bidding. And it includes a whole bunch of different things. They have lots of different functions. And so some of the things that angels do is they do God's bidding, and that could be different types of things. But one of the things that they do um, is they they obey his word. In Psalm 103, 20, it says, praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Um, one of the things that they do is they act as messengers. They bring messages to humans, including encouragement sometimes. And the name angel actually means messenger. So they are God's messengers. We see the angels being sent and giving messages to God's people in lots of different places in scripture. Um, Genesis 16, God sent an angel to Hagar when she was in the desert, when she had run away. And, and the angel told her to return to her mistress in Genesis 18, angels announced to Abraham and Sarah that they would soon have a child. In Lot, or in Genesis 19, um, angels appeared to Abraham and Lot. They appeared to Abraham to, to let him know that Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed because of the wickedness. But an angel, actually two angels, were actually sent to Lot in the town to bring him and his family out and to save them from the destruction because they were righteous. In Judges 6, we see that an angel was sent to Gideon, and the angel called him a mighty warrior and gave him instructions and orders to save Israel from the Midianites. An angel appeared to Daniel to give a message and explain his visions in response to his prayers. The angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, and the angel Gabriel also appeared to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And that, that angel came with a message to tell them that they would soon have a child. 
and what to name them. Um, God sent an angel messenger to the shepherds to tell them when Jesus was born. That's in Luke 2. In Matthew 28, an angel appeared at the tomb of Christ to announce to the two women named Mary that Jesus had risen and he had, that he'd risen from the dead and he wasn't there anymore. In Acts 27, an angel appeared to Paul. Um, it says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. So this is an angel bringing encouragement. And it says, you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And it did happen just as the angel told Paul. They were all saved and none of them died when they were shipwrecked. So another function that angels do is they bring deliverance. Now deliverance in Christian, you know, Christianese typically refers to casting demons out of people, places, land, property. Psalm 34, 7 says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And this is the connotation of deliverance from demons. Um, I do have a story um, about this. I had this really bad headache one night and I was praying and I was asking the Lord for help because it wasn't going away. And I felt this touch, just a slight touch on my forehead, but immediately the headache was gone. And I was like, oh, wow, that was really cool. You know, what was that, Lord? And he said that it had been a deliverance angel. So if it was a deliverance angel, that meant the headache was caused by a demon. But the angel came when I prayed and the headache was gone after feeling the touch of the angel on my forehead. Um, another thing that angels do is they provide healing. Now, um, you know, I was healed of a headache, but it was because there was deliverance of a demonic spirit as well. But they do bring healing. And I've, I've seen and written about, I think in one of my books, I even wrote about something, but, um, you know, people at different like revival meetings and church services, they've seen, you know, in the spirit realm, they've seen angels carrying in baskets of body parts. And with those baskets of body parts, it was like for creative miracles. And so people were healed and received creative miracles, like, you know, new, new liver, new heart, things like that. When they saw these angels come into this meeting. Um, and then John five verses four it says that there was an angel that went down at a certain time in the into the pool of Bethesda and the angel stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped into the water of this pool first, after the angel had stirred the waters, they were made well and healed of whatever disease that they had. Another function that angels do is similar to healing. They provide ministering to, um, to believers. And Hebrews 1.14 says that... that um, that angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So believers. And we see where there were ministering angels that were sent to help Jesus. So after Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness and he had been fasting in the wilderness and he had you know, been tempted by the devil, um, the devil, after he left him, angels came and ministered to Jesus. That's Matthew 4, 11. And then I had an... Uh, a situation with ministering angels that came to help me. I was in a zipline accident and we had been on vacation, gone ziplining. Um, I spun around backwards and then ended up crashing into a tree and had some pretty severe injuries. And with those injuries, 
Um, I didn't go to the hospital because I just knew that God would heal me. And so when we finally got back to our hotel, I'm, you know, laying hands on myself, I'm praying in tongues and um, feeling really, really terrible. And then all of a sudden I felt this presence and I felt a touch, just a slight touch on my leg. And immediately I was almost completely healed. I have, you know, there's other components that happen with the healing. And I talk about those in my book keys to healing because there were there were different components that happened with some of the different parts of my body that had been injured and had to be healed but the lord told me when i felt the healing felt the presence felt the touch on my leg knew i was so much better had been healed of almost everything immediately and god told me that it had been a ministering angel so god sends his angels to heal people to minister to them to provide healing they also bring protection. Um, podcast episode 30. So just three episodes back, I talked about angels a lot on that with, um, with the name of God, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. So one of the connotations of that is it is the Lord of, of angel armies, the Lord of hosts. And so I talked about some of the things that angels do to protect and some of the stories that, you know, have been reported with that with protection, but Psalm 91 verses nine through 11 says, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And then in Exodus 23, 20, um, God told the Israelites, he said, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. So that was for protection. In 2 Kings 6, 17, we have another one with protection. Um, this is when Elisha had some enemies coming for him and his servant was really scared. And then the Lord, um, Elisha prayed and asked the Lord to open his servant's eyes. And then the Lord did. And then the servant was able to see all these angels that were surrounding the enemies and that there are more for them than against them. And then in Daniel 6.22, another really awesome story of protection. Um, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and God sent an angel. It says that God sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. So no, car no harm came to him who was found blameless before God. So he actually sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. So Daniel wasn't attacked by lions when he was thrown into the, the lion's den. And then in Daniel 3, um, King Nebuchadnezzar had set up this image of gold and he had basically ordered and commanded everyone that you must fall down and worship this image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship this image, you're going to immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not worship this image. They, you know, they would only serve the Lord God and they weren't going to worship anybody else. And so when they were um, confronted with this and it was found out that they were not worshiping this image like they'd been instructed, they, they told King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, you know, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. So then Nebuchadnezzar was 
furious with them. Um, he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. He commanded some of his strongest soldiers to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, they were bound, they were thrown into the furnace and the furnace was so hot that it actually killed, the fire killed some of the soldiers who took them up to throw them into the furnace. You know, they're, they're outside of the furnace, but it's so hot that, that they got killed. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all tied up were, were tossed into the furnace and then King Nebuchadnezzar is watching. He leaps to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. So Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouted to the three men and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So they came out of the fire and everybody crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Not a hair of their head was singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them at all. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. So he sends his angels to protect us even in a fire. He sends angels also to strengthen us. That's another one of their functions. So in Luke 22, verse 43, it's um, talking about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross and he was praying and wrestling with what was to come. The Bible says, you know, he knew what was going to happen to him and an angel appeared from heaven to strengthen him. Another thing that they do is bring provision. So when Elijah was afraid and he was running for his life. This is in first Kings 19. So he's, you know, this is after he had confronted Ahab and Jezebel. And so he's, he's in the wilderness. He's afraid. And an angel appeared to him and provided him with food and water for his journey. So there was provision. And I have heard of all kinds of miraculous modern day provision stories. Like um, one of the things in particular that I really remembered is how um, there's a snowstorm. These people were hungry. They didn't have any food. They didn't have any money. And they looked outside and there were all of these groceries that had shown up on their front porch. There was no sound of a car. Um, there were no tire prints, no um, foot tracks, footprints, nothing in the middle of the snowstorm. And this food just appeared on their porch. So that's, a, you know, a miraculous story of provision. And I've heard modern day stories too of, um, you know, talking about provision, like food still being supernaturally multiplied. You hear about that in the Bible. And I've, I've heard, you know, lots of modern day stories about that happening as well. And, you know, that probably happens because of an angel helping out. So another thing that angels do is they bring answers to prayers. And one caveat that I want to say here is they bring answers to prayers that line up with God's will. So if it's a prayer that lines up with God's will. So um, one of the things that I do want to talk about is how angels respond to God's word, which can include praying scripture. Because one hundred three, Psalm 103 verse 20, I read that a little bit ago. Um, it says, praise the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey 
his word. And so when we pray the word, when we pray the Bible, we pray scripture. And especially if like we insert ourselves into it, like if we're facing something with, um, you know, healing or finances and we pray a scripture that, that, you know, is applicable to what we're dealing with. And we are actually praying scripture and basically inserting ourselves into that scripture. And, you know, maybe it's for healing and you say by Jesus's stripes, I am healed. Well, when you pray that angels hear that they know it's God's word, they know it's God's will. And so they'll go to work to bring answers to that prayer. And there's a story I wrote about this in my book, Weaponized Prayer. I just want to read this little excerpt to you. Um, but I had read this story and a woman had been walking home from a church meeting where they had just taught about Psalm 91 and she had been attacked and pulled into an alley. She started yelling the word feathers and the assailant fled. She was trying to pray the word and from Psalm 91, but she could only remember the one word feathers because she's, you know, being accosted and pulled into an alley. But what she was trying to remember was what she had just heard about Psalm 91 verse four that says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. So that one word feathers, when she was praying it as the word asking God for help, as she's being accosted, that one word feathers was enough to make her attacker flee. Now, I do want to say here that in this instance, I really felt led to, to keep reading this part and share this part. She could have also prayed Isaiah 54, 17, which says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that word, no weapon formed against you will prosper. That would cover any kind of a weapon that someone could use to try to use against you, including another person's body parts that they could use to inflict harm on you as a weapon, like a fist, their legs, if they're trying to kick you or a, a body part, a member of the body part that could be used to rape. So just really felt led to, um, to do that. But the Bible is a supernatural book and it definitely has some, some life giving stuff in it. So, okay. So she had learned about how we have angels to help us. She was trying to remember that verse. She could only remember the one word of feathers, but at that word, her attacker fled. In Acts 12, an angel came to get Peter out of prison. So Peter had been kept in prison, but it says the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So because the church is praying, God sent an angel to come answer the prayer. And verse six says the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. So an angel of the Lord appears and he, and then this light appears in the cell with the angel. So the angel strikes Peter on the side, wakes him up, tells him quick, get up. And the chains just fall off of Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. And then the angel said, wrap, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening because he thought he was seeing a vision. So they passed the first and second guards and then came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Paul came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. So another thing that they do, angels can be sent by God to carry out his judgment. In Exodus 12, 12, 
um, it says that um, that was when, so I'm just going to read the scripture. Exodus 12, 12. It says, On that same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. So he's going to bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. And then, so Exodus 12, 23, further down, a little bit further down on that verse, after God had, you know, warned them what he was going to do and said, you know, put the blood on the, on the doorpost. Then it talks about how um, when the blood would be seen, on the doorpost, on the doorframe, then the Lord would pass over the home and he would not permit the death angel, so the death angel to bring judgment or the destroyer, as some translations put it, to enter their house and strike them down. So the Israelites were kept safe, but the Egyptians, the firstborn, were struck down by the death angel. And then on Acts 12, um, another instance of angels... Um, carrying out God's judgment. So it says that on the appointed day, Herod, Herod was wearing his royal robes, sitting on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. And the people shouted and said, this is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord, so an angel of the Lord, struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. So executing judgment. And then Revelation 16, 1 it says, I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of wrath on God and on the earth, wrath of God on the earth. So this is a prophecy of what's going to happen about how the angels will be sent to pour out the wrath. And second Samuel verse 24, we have where Gad, the prophet, um, it was David Seer. He was ordered to go and tell David saying, this is what the Lord says. I'm giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So this is when um, David was disobedient and there was going to be some punishment coming. So Gad goes to David and he tells him, um, shall there come on you three years of famine in your land or three months of fleeing from your enemies while they pursue you or three days of plague in your land? Now then think it over and decide how I should answer the one who sent me. So he's got three options. David tells Gad, I'm in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great, but do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the end of the time designated, and 70,000 of the people from Dan to Beersheba died. Now, granted, this is the Old Testament, Old Covenant. We're under a New Covenant, New Testament. Um, but it, it does say here that it was when the angel stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem the Lord relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was afflicting the people, enough, withdraw your hand. So he told the angel, enough, and the angel withdrew his hand. Another um, assignment, another thing that angels do, another reason that they are here is to war on our behalf. And this can be with um, natural, physical warfare, or it can be with like spiritual and supernatural warfare against demons. So we have in 2 Kings 19.35, one angel wiped out 185,000 Assyrian troops who were enemies to Israel. So one angel fought in a physical battle to wipe out their enemies. Um, again, podcast episode 30. So three episodes back, I did talk about a lot more stuff with um, warfare with angels. So if you want to go back and listen to that, but with spiritual warfare, 
Um, angels do help to fight against demons. Um, we see in Jude 9, Michael was struggling or disputing with Satan. So, you know, angel against demon, um, Satan, angel against Satan. About So they're arguing and disputing about the body of Moses. And then Revelation 12, I read that a little bit ago. We talked about how Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels. And then in Daniel 10, when the angel was sent to Daniel and answer to, you know, to give him some answer to his prayer, um, the angel, it says, was resisted by a demon called the Prince of Persia until the Mike, until the archangel Michael came to his assistance and helped to defeat those other things so that that angel could get through. And it says, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble, humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So this is the angel, you know, talking about what had happened and how he had to have some backup and reinforcement for the spiritual warfare. Another thing that angels do is they praise and they worship God. That's one of their functions. Isaiah 6 talks about how um, Isaiah saw this vision and he saw the Lord. He was high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And how above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So they were, you know, praising and worshiping the Lord. And then Revelation 4, 8 says, Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And then Revelation 5, verses 11 through 12, we read where it says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 in a loud voice they sang worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise so again they're praising and worshiping god another thing that angels do this one's pretty cool they help bring people to christ so in Acts 8, we see the story of Philip and the Ethiopian and an angel of the Lord had said, had come to Philip and said, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip starts out and on his way, he meets this Ethiopian eunuch and the man, um, Philip, the, the man's reading scripture. He doesn't understand it. So Philip, you know, runs up to him and basically says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch's like, no, how can I understand it unless somebody explains it to me? So he invites Philip to come up and sit with him. Philip tells the eunuch about the good news about Jesus, tells him that what he's reading is actually a prophecy about Jesus and how Jesus came and fulfilled that prophecy. So the guy gets, the eunuch gets saved. And then um, Philip also baptizes him, but an angel had told Philip, an angel had appeared to Philip and told him where to go. And it was because of this guy and it was to get him saved. Um, and who knows how far that ripple went, you know, how many people maybe got saved because he got saved and because that happened and Philip was obedient where, where he was told to go by this angel. And then in Acts 10, an angel appeared to Cornelius who was a centurion. And he, this angel told Cornelius to send to Joppa, 
for Peter. So the city of Joppa for Peter. And when these men get to Peter, they find him. Peter goes back with the men. And when he gets there, Cornelius had gathered all his family and a bunch of close friends. And so Peter starts telling them the good news. All these people get saved. The Holy Spirit comes on them. They all start praying in tongues and then they get baptized in water. But it was because this angel appeared to Cornelius and told him, hey, go get this human because God likes to partner with humans. He could have just had the angel give the message, but he wanted, you know, Peter to be involved. And so because of this angel telling Cornelius what to do and the obedience of everybody, the obedience of Cornelius and actually sending for, for Peter, the obedience of Peter, because he had heard God speak to him and tell him to go with these men. And so then, um, you know, when he goes and preaches to them and they all get saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues and baptized in water. Another thing that angels do that kind of goes along with, you know, angels help lead people, you know, help facilitate and getting people saved they actually throw a party when a sinner gets saved. The Bible says that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the angels throw a party. They rejoice when just one person, one sinner repents and comes to Jesus. They, they rejoice. Um, another thing that they do is they show things to come. So we see this um, with John in Revelation 22. An angel said to John, he said, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. So showing them things to come. He sent his angel to show his servants things that must soon take place, must come. Um, there's another scripture that, um, it's, it's the only one I found about this, and it was told in a parable, but a parable by Jesus. And it seems to indicate that um, angels will escort humans at the time of death and escort them to heaven. So Jesus had told this parable in Luke 16, how um, Lazarus, this beggar had died. And when he died, the angels carried him to heaven. So I have a couple of stories that I um, just, I'll briefly just share just a couple of stories that I've had with angels other than the ones I, I just did. But I did go more in depth about these stories and even more in, in book, two of my books, um, Keys to Healing and Weaponized Prayer. I have a lot of different stories like this. So if you want the more in-depth stuff, you can go find those. But um, so one of the stories, I think I've already told this on another podcast as well, is my grandpa had fallen and broken his neck and he had to be airlifted to a hospital about an hour away. And so we would drive back and forth every day to this hospital and it, it was pretty much just like one stretch of interstate the whole time. And one day when we were at the hospital, this um, storm came and there was this flash flooding that had occurred on the interstate. And so my husband and my mom and myself and somebody else was in the car with us. I forget who, but I was driving my car on the way back and um, there was this flash flood on the interstate and there were sheriff's deputies there our state patrol, one of the two, I forget which one. Um, and I thought that they were going to like stop traffic because it was clear that there was all this water going across the road and I didn't know how deep it was, but they were motioning cars one by one to go through this water slowly and to just go ahead and drive through. And so when it came time for my turn and they motioned me ahead, I had this bad feeling. I just didn't feel good about it. But so as I'm driving, my car sits really low to the ground too, <laughs> by the way. 
But so as I start to drive through on one side of the interstate, they had actually um, directed a semi truck going the opposite direction to come through at the same time. Well, this big semi created these you know, waves and my car started to get washed off the road. Like the water caught my car and it started to carry my car off the road. And I quickly just said, help Jesus. I didn't know what else to say. I knew we were going <laughs> and I said, help Jesus. And, um, at that moment, when I said, help Jesus, my car immediately, um, stopped being washed away it stopped drifting it was held steady and then it was it was like it was like it was like pushed through and guided through the rest of the water and then the lord showed me a vision and he showed me my car with two angels each on each side of my car so four angels total and these angels were huge and super tall they were more than twice the size of my car in height but I, we felt, you know, when I prayed, we felt something happens. We felt something supernatural happen. And then the Lord showed me that vision. And, you know, all of us in the car were just like, wow, that praise God. That was so awesome. Um, I know that there are so many other things that have happened with um, angels helping out. My oldest daughter, one day we were on a bike ride and we were going down a hill. She was like four or five at the time and she lost control of her bike and she started to careen down this hill and at the bottom of this hill where the way the direction she was going there was this small cliff and then at the bottom of the cliff there was a very shallow creek and but it was it had full of rocks it was all kinds of rocks in it and so i saw her losing control and i threw my bike down and jumped off and i went running after her and um she just it was like she was just gently guided to this place just gently and slowly guided where she came to rest at this tree with her face just resting between like the, there was this Y, you know, Y branches of this tree and her face just came to rest just very gently in between the Y of the branches of the tree. But had she gone any other direction, just slightly to the left or slightly to the right, she would have gone off this cliff and down into this Creek and she would have been really hurt, but she was just very guided, you know, softly, gently. It was like, she was just guided to the spot and just rested there and her face was you know between the y branches of the tree so she didn't like smack her face a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right on one of the two branches it, it was a miracle <laughs> um there's another story that happened with my son he um had a bicycle accident as well and because of what happened i assumed that it had been an angel with him as well but um god told me that it actually had been jesus that caught him um, but that was a really cool story where he flew over the handlebars of the bike and everything went into like slow-mo and, um, he went over the handlebars into the concrete street and landed on the street with no helmet on. He hadn't been able to find his helmet that day, but it, um, he was like supernaturally propped up and caught and held and his, his head and his upper torso never even hit the ground. Um, and it should have, like his head should have hit the ground and probably, you know, bounced off of the concrete and it wouldn't have been good, but he was protected. He was saved. And I know that there have been different times, um, especially in my last job, I was a real estate appraiser for many, many years and I'd have to go into bad neighborhoods and, you know, there'd be like vicious dogs <laughs> ready to hop over the fence in the next yard. And the, I, there were so many times that I would just pray 
for protection. And I would immediately see an answer to my prayer with, um, I would see like flashes of light indicating that angels had been sent and were there. Um, so I'd see like a flash of light, like a, like a camera light or a flash of lightning, but I knew that it was cause it was immediately, and it happened time and time again in response to my prayers when I would pray for protection and I would see this light, this flash of light. And I knew would know that God had sent angels, but <laughs> there was even one time, um, I had to appraise this one house and my tape measure kept falling off the side of the, the house. Like it would not stick and they would, ha I would have to like stick it on one end of the house and, you know, roll it down and walk down the, the length and then be able to, you know, look at it and, and measure the house. But it would have to stick on the end for me to, you know, be able to measure it. Well, this one house, it was like aluminum siding and my tape measure just kept slipping off. It, it would not stay at this one house. And I, I would try, I tried like time and time and time again to get this tape measure to just to stay in place. And I was adjusting the thing and trying to bend it. It would not stay. Finally, I'm like, you know what? I can just pray. I can, I can ask God to send an angel to hold this. And just, I did, you know, I just prayed and it stayed the whole, it stayed like I'm tugging on it and going down the thing, going down the side of the house and the tape measure stayed when I prayed and asked for an angel to come and hold it. So I know that that worked. <laughs> um, I have seen, I've seen actually swords clashing. I was in a hotel room at a conference out of town and I saw swords clashing and I knew that it was angels warring and protecting me in this hotel room. Um, I have prayed when my grandpa had to go in for surgery. I prayed and asked for protection for him in his surgery. And the Lord actually showed me a vision of um, angels in a, in a complete circle, like just all, you know, holding hands in the circle, completely encircling and protecting uh, my grandpa. I've prayed, we've been on a trip and we had like this luggage rack on the, on the back of our car that the luggage did not seem very secure on. And, you know, my husband was like, no, it'll work. It'll be fine. And, you know, I was still a little bit nervous. So I prayed and asked for angels to protect our luggage and make sure it didn't fall off. And the Lord immediately gave me this vision of this little angel sitting on top of our luggage and holding its hand on our on our luggage. So he, you know, no request, <laughs> I don't think is too small for him. If it's something that matters to us, I think he, you know, is more than willing to provide the assistance that we ask for you know, just holding the tape measure. I mean, it just was one little simple thing that made my life easier and, you know, just protecting our, our luggage. So I wouldn't worry, <laughs> you know, God answers those prayers and sends his angels to, you know, in response to prayers and to do his bidding. Um, okay. I think I'm going to leave it there for today because this <laughs> ended up being really, really long. Um, but I, right before we go, I do want to just say one thing. Although, Angels are supernatural beings and they can do tremendous feats. We want to make sure that we never worship angels, that we don't pray to angels. We worship God only. And um, Revelation 22, when the angel had appeared to John and John actually fell at his feet to worship the angel, the angel told him, don't do that. And he said that, you know, the angel told him that he was a fellow servant with him, with, with John and with John's brothers and sisters, and that he was to worship God only, to just worship God. So angels in scripture never allow acts of worship towards them. They always direct the people to worship God. So I just want to make sure that 
you guys know that we don't worship angels. Um, we don't pray to them. We worship God. Um, one more thing is that, um, when I've, you know, not known what to pray, I have prayed, you know, just help Jesus if I've ever been in the situation. Um, and just, you know, if we don't know what to pray, we can just simply say, help Jesus. And Romans 10, 13 says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the word saved there, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word saved is from the Greek word sozo. And it can mean lots of different things. So it can mean salvation. Like you can call on the name of the Lord to receive your salvation. But it can be for healing for deliverance from evil spirits and attacks from, you know, spiritual warfare. It can be for protection. It can be, um, that word can mean wholeness and to be made whole. So anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so just calling on the name of the Lord with a simple help of Jesus will get it done for you. Okay. So when you don't know what to pray, just say help Jesus. So I know this was long. I know there was a lot, but there's still a ton that I did not cover. So maybe I'll do a part two later on covering <laughs> more of the things like, you know, the different kinds of angels and what they look like and, and things like that. But I'm going to wrap it up for here for now. If you guys want to, um, you can join my Facebook group for this podcast. It's called What's Up with Dr. Rupp. And it is, it's just for um, this podcast. So that Facebook group, group it's, a, it's a public group. It's not private. So um, feel free to, to go join that. And then I post each week when a new episode is posted, it goes in there and there's, you know, you can have discussions with other people in that group. So feel free to join that and I will leave you that for today. Have a great one. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as we continue to explore the supernatural on What's Up with Dr. Rupp.